0: welcome back to Drukama Radio. My name is Ginger and I'll be your co-host for today's show entitled What Are the Inner Elements and How Do We Use Them? And we are so grateful today to have Daishi with us to answer some of these questions. How are you today, Daishi?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for being here as always and I'll do my best to cover a really complex and really detailed and deep topic over the next 15 minutes. So let's do the best we can with that.
0: Well, let's start simple. For the purposes of our discussion today, how would you begin to define this term, inner elements?
1: The elements are actually the most important process, I think, in all of spirituality. And it's one of the things that's misunderstood the most, at least. Elements, for the most part, go either totally ignored or completely misunderstood. And they're actually the way in which the subtle body acts and performs and acts upon the physical body and all of its functions. Okay. So that underlying subtle elements or so the underlying subtle winds of the body or the pranas of the body, they are the source of everything that happens in our mental undulations, you know, whether our minds busy or not, how our heart beats, the way that our nervous system functions, the way that our sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system operates all the way through muscles and fibers and tendons and blood and stomach digestion and all of these things. So. The pranas, or the elements, as they're typically called, are absolutely critical and essential because as we learn about them and go forward on the path, they become the triggers or switches by which we make modifications to the way that we're functioning. And in that, they are critically important to understand and critically important to get access to, if that makes sense.
0: That takes us into pretty deep territory. If we want to back it up so that people can have a point of reference, how would you give an example of an element showing up for us in our life as we move around the house or go to work or what have you?
1: And this has probably driven most teachers of the past crazy because how do you take such a subtle instrument and then somehow demonstrate it to somebody on a physical or 3D kind of material way? So the best way to do that is to say that each element is relatively connected to its physical element. In other words, water has the properties of cohesiveness. It draws together, it pulls together, it's sort of magnetic in that way. And so people say, well, does the water element water? It's within the property of water. It's not water itself, but it's within the property of drawing together and congealing the way that water does. And fire, for example has the ability to translate or transpose from one element to another. So if we find a block of wood and I put it on the fire, that wood becomes essentially air or particles so small that I can't perceive them anymore into the Akashic space around us. So in a way we can say that the fire element on the subtle level is similar to the way that the fire element on the physical level converts and brings things from one dimension to another. and so in that way we can kind of point to those physical elements and relate them. Now another way we can look at it is we can say that the elements are also related to the chakras of the body. So each chakra up through Vishuddha or what they call the throat chakra is related to its own essential kind of attribute like that element. So the sacral or what's called the Swadistan chakra has a very drawing watery nature it has a nature to pull toward it wants to pull everything together and in that way we can see that it's also related to kind of desire right we want to pull toward desiring and sensuality and want to draw closer to the things that we desire so the water element of the sacral is related to the watery element of nature in that way so the reason why that's important to know not in the beginning, because it 's not that important in the beginning, but as we get further along the path, we utilize those elements in a really profound way, because not only do we want to alter the way the physiological body and the subtle bodies are operating, you know we need to have switches to those things in order to experience and perceive or adjust the way we 're experiencing and perceiving and take control of that so in some part that 's important, and in another way, we want to create as we get deeper into the path here, the illusory body, a body that we occupy outside of this physical body and we call that the born-again body. We're going to literally create something through the use of those elements, channels and nadis to occupy, so we're literally going to be able to go from this body to another. Now sometimes we say that that's an astral body, but that's misunderstood. Actually what we utilize to experience lucid dreaming is an intermediary energy called the etheric body. When we're talking about a full illusory body or something that's a new vehicle, let's just call it a new vehicle. Our physical body is a physical vehicle. This is an other upper realm vehicle. We actually use those elements to create and occupy that vehicle so that when we pass from this world to that world, we have a body, a vehicle to occupy rather than doing what we normally do, which is to cycle immediately back down into another physical body or something similar, right? So to get out of the cycle of death and rebirth, we want to make sure that we have there a body vehicle that we can occupy with our consciousness so that we don't have the need to unconsciously jump back to a womb and continue the ongoing, almost endless process of death and rebirth. So in that regard, elements At first are a way for us to control and help to modify the way the physical body is operating and later becomes the tools by which we generate a new kind of body that you would see in the New Testament where Christ says you must be born again, not through the mother's womb, but up into the kingdom of heaven. And so that mystery, that kind of esoteric nature of discussion is really pointing to the fact that Once we understand how this body was formed subtly, we can form another one ourselves using the same kinds of principles. And it's a little deeper esoteric topic, but it shows how elements work on a basic level for us and how they can be very productive when we're on the path at the beginning. And then also how they can be extremely productive at the end of the path when we're ready to go through the process of creating and manifesting a vehicle that we travel in maybe while we're asleep or after death.
0: Given that this discussion is so broad, can we reel it back in a bit, back into the practical side, because you talked about how the inner elements can be used at the beginning as well as at the more advanced points in the path. So I understand the elements also relate to the senses. Can you talk a little bit more about that so that we can tap in?
1: Absolutely. And it's important that we talk about the really basic points of this so that we can build from that. We have to start with the simple side and kind of build forward and that's really how the path takes us anyway. So it's a great place to go. So all of the senses, the physical senses also relate with each of these elements. So for example, when we talk about the basic nadi, when the nadi, I mean a thoroughfare or a chakra, a place where the meridians, the subtle meridians of the body meet together, the very first base main chakra we usually relate to are called call it the root. So the root, which sits at the perineum and the tip of the spine, there are areas down at the core of the body. That particular thoroughfare, that nadi, where all the various meridians, channels of the body kind of meet up there, that root, we call it the earth element, it's associated with the earth element. It's a very stabilizing place. And that particular chakra or energy center or nadi or thoroughfare of channels is related to the stability portion of our physical body as well. So in and of itself is related to the sense of smell. And so that sense of smell, the way that we use this sense of smell, and there are practices we use with smell that help us to actuate and activate that particular area of the body or to become familiar with it, to enliven it, is related with smell and then we continue up through the chakras and each new chakra is related to another sense. And so when we go to the sacral, we talked about this earlier, that watery sacral side is related to taste. So as we go from taste we move up to what we call the solar plex or navel chakra, sometimes referred to as the... Manapuraka, that chakra is related to the sense of sight and as we continue we go to the heart which is touch and eventually stop at the Akashic last chakra in the throat which is space or Akash. So all of these main chakras within the trunk of the body that really are connected to the main meridians of the subtle body all relate with the way that we utilize the senses themselves and again This can go really deep because the way that we look at the senses aren't just smelling something, it's actually the process of smelling. So there is the thing that's smelled, there's the process of smelling, there's the smell itself. Right, And there's the consciousness, the awareness of smell. So there are five divisions within the sense of smell itself. So as we continually look at this and become more aware and conscious of all of these divisions, we look at five into five into five into five. So it literally breaks down that all of these senses go deeper. And as we become more aware of the actuation of each of these senses, we become more aware of how the actual sense of, for example, smell functions way beyond what we ever thought about before. Today, if you ask somebody, do you smell that brownie? They go, yeah. Okay, well, is it the brownie? Is it the sense of smelling? Is it the smell of the brownie? Or is it your recognition of the smell itself? There are many parts of that process, right, that we're not really aware of. So then you'd ask and they'd say, oh, you know, I never thought about that. I guess, you know, it's actually the smell of the brownie that's wonderful, right? Or have you ever thought about what's actually causing that signal to come through? Where is the signal coming into what's receiving it and so on and so forth. So as we go through basic parts of this practice and we become more aware of these senses, we relate them back to how they really embody those deeper, subtle elements. And when you go about it in that way, through the more advanced practices of walking backwards, the elements themselves become very, of course, they become very open and very understood. So, although this is a deep topic and although this is a more advanced practice, it's really not that complicated. It's just a matter of waking up to each part of the process and that's the point of it, is really to wake up to how I'm signaling and processing the things that I have aversion to or attraction to and how those processes are functioning on a really deep level so that I gain control of them and I can turn them on and off and switch them, sustain them and kill them and activate them and do these things. rather them being completely enslaved by them, which is the big problem. So It's true that we can't just jump right into those things. We have to establish some tools first, and we call those the preliminary practices. But once we get going, we start to actually look at these functional processes of elements, and we say, Oh, I fully understand the five elements and their functions. And because I understand them so well, I can make modifications to my physical body, however, I need to modify it to make my perception and the way that I perceive reality the right way or my way. But I can also utilize those senses to create all kinds of things and that's where we get lost in uh, a subject we're going to talk about in the future which is magic and it's a quirky word but the idea is that once we understand the building blocks of reality and all five senses are the entire building blocks of reality there's nothing more than the five senses everything we see touch feel hear taste is all built on the five senses once we understand those five senses we can begin to more accurately and powerfully create and manifest things as well. And that's one of the deepest, most hidden secrets in the esoteric or mystical community, period.
0: Since we do have some listeners who have started down those roads, would you like to discuss the term quintessence or save that for another day?
1: Let's save that one because I think that deserves a really big discussion and I think that it deserves more than four minutes. really needs to be understood, so let's keep that one off. But essentially just to let someone know who isn't familiar, you know, it's sort of like you need a space to play in, right? So you need a boundary. And if you're an agnostic or an atheist, no problem. We can say that the universe just created this source playground a space within itself, you know, either chemically or, you know, however you want to justify that it made a decision or it somehow just chaotically created space. But that space, that sphere, or that circle or that egg or whatever you want to call it has a boundary. There's a limit and it sets a rule. It basically sets a rule that says you can do a lot of things within this space, but you can't do anything outside of the space. And within this space, you have to follow the rules of air fire, water, and earth, right? So this is the elements. These are the functioning processes within this egg. So if you understand those functioning processes, you can work within the laws and structures of that egg and modify and play within it and with it however you want to. So, the fifth Akash is really just the shell and all the space within it that contains all of the vital information and intelligence about how each of these elements operate. So let's leave it there. That space is where we're trying to liberate out from, right? So anybody who's seriously considering the path or a mystic that really wants to understand, there are two main stages there. One is to realize... I want to know, give me all the building blocks of what's going on in this dreamlike reality. I want to play with everything that's happening here. And I need to understand how conditions are met, causes and effects are being created through these elements. So they learn how to play within the sandbox. And at some point, it's not just enough to play, but they want to know how do I go beyond the sandbox, right? So there's a realization Of the tools and how to play within it and there's a liberation of how to get out of it itself. So those are two main stages in any mystical journey. Now most human beings are not even interested in this conversation because they just want to have a better job, better car, you know. They're still kind of feeling that the things of the world are going to satisfy and satiate their long-term needs. They won't. Eventually everyone will come to the point where they realize None of this is ever going to fulfill me. I'm never going to actually find satisfaction. What else is there? And they'll end up on a mystical path, period. It's the end of the road for the human experience. But at that point, the way a good scientist does, you're going to start to say, how do I play with the smallest and biggest particles of the world? How do I get access to them? Uh, In the hydro collider, they're trying to smash atoms and figure out what's within them. And, you know, how do we play with this stuff? Can we create or what's our limit? When we take away the filters of the physical body, which limit us in an incredibly terrible way, when we take those filters away and go within, we can play with those elements in a way that's unfiltered and begin to understand them in a much truer sense. And that really is where a mystical journey begins. And it's truly where we learn how to not only play, but also and be free and control rather than be controlled, but we also learn how to get out And that's something that we inevitably, like any good kid, eventually the sandbox ain't enough. I want to go play on the basketball court. I want to go play in the football field. You know, I want to go build a dollhouse. I want to go and then more and more. I want to be a writer, a journalist. I want to draw pictures. I want to take pictures. I want to make music. We evolve. We want more. So inevitably that happens to the mystical side too. And we want out, right? Like I've done everything with the senses here. Let's move forward. And that's the culmination. By the liberating moksha of the path where I'm ready to go.
0: Exciting to hear you lay it out so clearly. One more question along those lines, though, because you've taken us through the spectrum here. So again, to bring it back for listeners who might just be joining us, our question that we posed at the beginning was, how do we use them? So is there a practical takeaway that somebody who's just coming into this could hold on to if they want to connect?
1: So the body's made of, you know, 60% or something, depends where you get your sources, but it can be anywhere from 50 to 70% water. So a lot of water's in the body and water has a lot to do with the way that our body functions, right? So our digestion and the way the blood works and the fluids of the spine and brain and everything, you know, all the fluids and the phlegm and all of that stuff is really vital to how we live. Keeping that watery element really cleansed and productively happy and all of that is really important. We want to do that. And there are ways that we can utilize the simplest methods to cleanse and to become more aware and to become more powerfully active in the water element. And and that can be done through, again, a sense like tasting, Different parts of the tongue taste differently, different kinds of tastes affect us in different ways. When we eat, the way that we taste our food and chew our food and really understand and connect with our food is a really powerful way to start cleaning the water element. It's a really powerful way for us to at least start to become really close and connected to it. So I always tell people if you're just new and you really haven't headed down the path yet and you want to just start to get closer to these elements, take your time when you're smelling a flower right and understand what am i really smelling well, what's the nature of the smell that i'm smelling with this flower on a deep level really take your time and be conscious of it be present with it when you're hearing music you know there are ways you can isolate music and the reflection of the way you hear music that can be very wild for example Let's say you're a classical freak. So you're hearing classical music and all of the pieces of the band together and you're listening to this music and you're enjoying it and you're realizing that the symphony together, the cacophony of beauty of all these instruments that probably on their own are not as beautiful as they are together, fills me with a blissfulness. So the reaction to the sense of hearing this particular music fills me with bliss and I'm going to enjoy that. But at the same time, you can actually turn that off. You can actually realize that you're in a state of listening to sounds that don't necessarily have to be active to blissfulness and then switch and just hear noises. And when you go from going back into enjoying the music and going back into just hearing sounds again and back and forth, you're actually learning how to modify the center that's responsible for hearing not only that, but you can isolate parts of the instruments. You can say, okay, I'm just going to pay attention to the bass or the cello or the flute or the string side or whatever part of the symphony I want to hear. I'm just going to isolate those parts now. And then I'm going to see how those parts make me feel. And I'm going to see how I hear those parts. That whole practice is intensely powerful when it comes to just cleansing and connecting to the particular element that's associated with it. So yes. There are many, many more very powerful ways for us to get closer to that element and to utilize the element. But if you want something really basic, you can do that with taste, touch, smell, any of the senses. And you can begin to be more awake and aware when it comes to eating and tasting and listening and seeing right? and all of these things. And that really helps us to cleanse and helps us to connect with those elements on the most basic level.
0: Fantastic information. And this is a great segue, because if they want to know more, and we want to understand better how to use these tools and really apply them, you have a new website underway. And I would love to have an update on that if we could, and maybe they can learn more about how to work with the elements there.
1: Absolutely can. And uh, drukama.com, D-R-U-K-A-M-A. There are hundreds of pretty well-established tutors and teachers there that have been with me for a while, but that site's not opening till July 1st. So we have a July 1st launch. We finally have gotten that down. We're really excited. There's a bunch of excitement about people coming in and joining that family. That's been Some of them have been with me for quite a while. And there's a lot of eagerness to help new people. And that family's really close. And everybody there is on a different part of that ladder. So it's really good to to be around a group that's all sort of saying, hey, we're all in different stages here. But to be able to be around that kind of experience is really important and it's so helpful on the path. So feel free, drukama.com when you guys get ready or feel like you want to be a part of that, join us July 1st that looks like that'll be the launch date. We're excited to be able to help in any way we can. We're a not-for-profit organization just trying to get this information out there. So like I always say, if you don't get it from us and if you don't wanna have this inner journey at your house privately and you don't think it fits for you, Find it somewhere, please, because once you understand the way that your physical body and vehicle operate, you change the way you perceive everything, and you don't have to defend it anymore. You don't have to worry about how you look and sound and feel to anybody else. You can just be truly free from that control mechanism of the self, and that makes real human beings, and that makes real connections, and that's the only way we're actually going to change the world around us.
0: What a great note to end on! Thank you so much for joining us today, Daishi. It's been great.
1: <laughs> so- Thank you for having me.
0: And if anyone has questions or comments about the show, you can email us, please, at radio at drew, comma, dot com. That's radio at D-R-U-K-A-M-A dot com. Any last words?
1: Just remember that this whole path is really about taking responsibility for what I see, feel, for how I act, behave, the way that I love, the way I have compassion toward others and connect to others. My level of passion and liveliness and my aliveness in general is all based on me. I have to take control of that, so once we start to understand the vehicle and operate it in a more conscious way, we can become a very productive part of living in this world and that's the point, right? We don't want to leave the world and say, hey, you know, what did you do down there? Well, I just partied and had fun and you know, I'm back. But, but there was no point to that. You didn't have to go there in the first place to do that. You could have done that here. The whole point of going there was trying to figure things out, to learn and experience and explore and actually come back with wisdom, right? So let's use the short life we have here to gain insight about who we really are and how we operate, where we come from, where we're going, because we're not here that long and we don't take anything with us. So we might as well see it for what it is. It's just a short journey of learning and we should dive into that head first.
0: Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next time.